What's going on, everybody? This is Frank and Aaron Snydehair. Hello. From Kafarucast. Today, we're going to do a podcast on gear that worked out really well for us, highlights of, of gear that's worked out for us this season, some of our favorites of all time, and some stuff that might be coming out for next year. Exactly. We've got, we've been lucky enough to get um, some prototypes for 2018. Uh, everywhere from optics to clothing uh, that we can talk some about, but really this is one that's going to cover new gear that we've we used in seventeen that we really liked. Uh, that's news and noteworthy, as well as some gear we've used for quite some time. That it's it's uh, you know like our favorite of all time type of a thing. So, uh, Frank, why don't you start out with? Uh, What's one of your favorite pieces, whether it be clothing, archery, standard gear? What's one of the favorite things you've got? Uh, one of my favorites, something that I take almost all the time, if not all the time, um, something that could have saved my life is the uh, the Delorme Inreach. Um, I don't. It was last year's model, but this was this year was the. Um, well, I guess I did use it last year, but. They did come out with a new one um, this year, which we got a chance to play with recently on that uh, on that mountain lion hunt. We will be ordering those. Yeah, they have the built-in GPS, and man, it seems like it was twice as fast with messages coming going out and coming through. Um, it's it's something that it's a it's a good peace of mind for not only me but friends and family. So you you know you can check in with them. You don't have any friends, Frank. <laughs> Abzaba, you're my only friend. Uh, <laughs> nice cold cut combo. <laughs> uh, so that that uh, that's probably one of my most important pieces of gear is just having that for the peace of mind. Um, I do a lot of solo stuff, so um, and most of the time I'm out of cell service. Uh, having that with me, uh, if anything goes wrong, which you know this this season I got the altitude sickness, which uh, could have gotten pretty serious pretty quick. Um, had I needed to use it, I could have, and could have called in a chopper and I could have got the old Zach Griffith treatment. Yeah, no kidding. That's funny. Um, I think, uh, I, I would have to go along with the Delorme. That's one of my favorites. Uh, I also have an Iridium Go, uh, which is like a, uh, hotspot for a satellite phone. You can link up your, your cell phone to it and talk or text through the Iridium Go, which is another one that, you know, I really, um, I really like, um, so that that would be uh, definitely I would definitely concur with that. Um, what about cookware, Frank? I think we're both of the same opinion of that. I've used the uh, MSR MSR reactor stove for gosh, I don't know how long, several years, and it's I mean it's just like new. It's it's very durable, um, kind of bomb proof. It's probably heavier than a lot of of the ultralight stuff out there, but it's something I can rely on. It's never had an issue. How long have you been using that? Gosh, man, I don't know, three or four years now. Same one. Gotcha. Yeah. And I would agree that MSR reactor is definitely not the lightest. It's not horrible. It's about a pound. Um, but it's, it literally is, I think a stove that will probably last an entire lifetime of heavy use. Um, I've never actually seen one break. I'm sure they have. Um, but you, you know, you've got multiple different cup or bowl options you can attach to it they have the family size obviously the one we use which is like i think 0.7 liters um 
and it, it just you can't break it works great as a hand warmer um it's just it's just amazing i i can't say enough about it i have lighter options that that i'll use from time to time but uh, you know when the rubber meets the road and it, it's uh, a trip like let's say you know i'm traveling out of the country or into canada out of state generally i'm, I'm packing that reactor yeah that's it it's worked great for me um only thing I, uh, else i've used is jet boils and i wasn't a huge fan of them um and you, you've got that ultralight cook set what's do you still use your reactor the, the actual stove portion or what do you use when you use that ultralight set you got uh so that's um a soto windmaster i believe is what it's called and then uh two uh of the um i think it's Evernew is how you pronounce it it's two Evernew cook bowls one fits inside of the other and then i can fit uh, a lighter in the the actual stove inside the bowl i really like that system i use it just as much as the reactor it's just not a system that i would trust as much as the reactor for for long-term durability i actually smoked one of the stoves this year one of the uh wind masters um it just flat out stopped working but i had a backup so uh but it, i mean it's a hell of a system um I'm not a fan of Jetboil at all. Um, I know a lot of people use them. And uh, Jetboil, I don't believe, is a big fan of Hunters, for one. Two, I've had several break. The igniter seems to always break. Um, you know, and it's to a point now where literally I just um, try to – anybody I try to talk, anybody getting ready to buy a stove out of buying a Jetboil. Um, I think the reactor is just better in every way. Uh, it's a little bit heavier, but not much. Um, you know, and I know MSR not may not be pro hunting, but they're certainly not anti hunting, and they've been great to deal with on my end. So nice. Um, what are you using for for your water filtration? I I under heavily debate for. I mean, everybody I know they call it the magic wand, or it's voodoo. The classic, the Sterapin classic, and Aquamira or Aqua some kind of Aqua Tab. I use that. I've I've had great luck with the Sterapin Classic. You use a Sterapin, but it's a different system. I can't get. I mean, I can't promote it enough to people. I've had great luck with it. You have to be smart enough to hit the button twice, keep the little electro things in the water, and spin it in circles. It does confuse people from time to time. But once you figure it out, it's pretty pretty simple. Hit the button twice, put it in the water, spin it in circles, pull it out, take the water, kind of splash it around on the 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 lip of it, wipe it off and you're ready to go. Who are we talking about? Um, the Serapen with, was that, was that Alex? Oh yeah. He was, <laughs> like, it's not for me, man. I still see stuff floating around in there. Oh yeah. He was funnier than hell about it. Yeah. No, I, I like the Serapen. I think mine is the, uh, the ultra. It's got a little LCD screen on it and it'll tell you when your water's clean and you can do full liter bottles or you can do like a half liter. Um, that's something I always take with me is the SteriPen and also some of those MSR Aqua tabs. I don't know if they're still making them or if they have somebody else making them now, but it's something that I toss in the bino harness and there those Aqua tabs are always in there in case the SteriPen dies, so I can at least rely on those. Yeah, and I use the Aqua tabs or Aqua Mira for camp water as well. So when I want to do like four, six, eight liters at a time, I'll use the tabs or because just obviously quicker and easier. Um, yeah, MSR so. makes some good stuff. We we use the uh, those. Um, are they called the drum light drum light drum light yeah, yeah. drum light we, we i finally got a, a new one this year a six liter i was running the the red the older red ones the four liter for for a long time and yeah i would say decided to get a bigger one 
Uh, yeah, I would say that that is we're talking about highlights of gear of all time. The MSR drum light is by far the new and the old one, both by far my favorite bladder. Um, I've never had one go down. I've never had one break. Have you? No, I haven't. That was your the, cue to talk. The, <laughs> the, the cap, the cap broke, um, which, you know, it's like $5 to replace on my old one, but I decided to, to get the six liter just because I want, wanted a little bit more camp water. So I didn't have to refill all the time. Um, but yeah, they've been great. I've never had one break and they're super lightweight and very durable. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they are for sure. Um, you know, as far as footwear goes, um, we get a lot of questions about that. I would have to say like all time favorite would be the, uh, Scarpa Charmeuse, which they quit making, uh, or excuse me, the Scarpa Triolet would be one of my favorite like mountain hunting boots. They quit making that. So now it would be the Charmeuse. Um, what I'm wearing today, which I think is going to become one of my new favorites is a Garmont Tower Trek Pro or Plus. Um, I haven't, I don't, it has not stood the test of time, but this boot was comfortable from the moment I put it on my foot. Uh, and I can't say enough about it so far, but as far as, um, uh, you know, boots for this year, that Charmeuse and then the Zodiac, the gray version of the Zodiac was one I used this year and really liked, but that Triolet I've used for the last four or five years and just had amazing, uh, I guess four years had amazing luck with it. Um, Brent, you're a Salewa guy. We've talked about this before, but uh, what are you liking? Yeah, I'm running those Salewa Raven 2 G- GTX or Gore-Tex. Um, they, they've been great. I got two pairs of them. I alternate back and forth just so I don't wear, wear them out. And um, The original set I had, they lost their waterproof capabilities like pretty pretty quickly, but I, I contacted them. They switched them out for a warranty replacement, and I have two sets now, like I said, and they've, they've worked out great, so just about all the time I'm using those still in search of an insulated pair of boots for winter stuff. But it's, I don't think Slewa has an insulated pair in their, in their lineup. So, um, I've been using those Hanvog Omegas, those red ones, those are insulated. Those are kind of full on Everest style boots and they're extremely stiff, but man, those things are warm. So that's what I've been using for now until I find something else, but I might not even, even upgrade those cause those things are in great shape. Yeah, no, like for, three years. Yeah. Um, I, as far as knives go, the, the Taito knife, which we talk about all the time anyway, uh, that's something that I've had great luck with. I used a, a Havilon before that for well, shit since they came out. And then uh, the Taito is just lighter. It's simpler. The only thing I would change on the Taito uh, or Tito, however you want to pronounce it, is the lip that holds the blade in could be a little bit taller. Um I haven't had horrible luck with it popping off too much. Um, it stayed on pretty well, but um, I do know you get a little fat buildup in there. That blade will pop off. So making that thing a little higher, I don't think would hurt anything. Um, but that's something that I don't think I'm going to be changing from. For I mean, it would have to be pretty damn good for me to change from that Taito. And uh, I think that um, it's the type of thing I personally feel everyone should have with them at all times with you know, at least a couple blades, like in the bino harness, uh, it's just that good and it's that light and that small. So it's, it's a great system, especially for, you know, breaking down an animal. Yeah. I love that thing. I, everyone that I've hunted with this year that hadn't heard of them or hadn't tried them, they loved them. And those, they've been like Havilon guys or outdoor edge guys. And they like the Taito, um, a lot more than, than what they were using. And so, um, I gave one to, to Jordan and I think I gave one to Isaac and I gave one to Dan. 
Um, they they all love them. Dan Gina. Dan, <laughs> Dan, hope you're listening, Dan. No. <laughs> Dan, I've got a full beard. Uh, I don't think he's got a beard anymore. I think he had to shave it for work. Oh, that's a shame. He had a scraggly looking thing going on. I there. told him he was going to get deported. He looked like a mountain mountain man. It yeah. just came from the southern mountain. <laughs> yeah, there's mountains down there. <sighs> the uh, actually Peru has the tallest mountain in South America, I believe. Um, I think uh, you know as we go through this, you know the the gear or whatever, some of the stuff that's popped up. Um, you know, talked about cook system or whatever, but humble foods, that food, um, that it's not out on the market yet. Is it better than spam though? (sighs) Dude, I cannot say enough about (laughs) both the humble foods and off the grid, uh, breakfast cereals off the, off, uh, man. And the dark timber coffee, man, there was three things this year that was like back to back to back that I just couldn't, um, one of those things I just, it's almost like when someone first finds religion, all they will do is talk about Jesus. Like you stop and it's like, how's your day? I just want to thank the Lord and go, you know, it's one of those deals where. It was like the first time you heard the Beatles. The second time I heard the Beatles, <laughs> second time. Um, Exactly. The, uh, the humble foods. I literally think everyone should stop buying every other dinner known to man because they all pretty much suck and buy the ones from Humble Foods. They taste amazing. Uh, I mean, I could eat them for for dinner at home. Uh, They're pretty freaking healthy. Uh, You know, as far as the different, uh, the breakdown of what's in there is pretty well balanced. Uh, the guy that owns the company is a hell of a dude. Um, I, I can't say enough about them. They're just, they're just awesome. The off the grid breakfast and beef jerky. Um, I can't again say enough. The breakfast cereal. I, I Heather's choice. I like Heather. She seems, well, I say I like her. I've never met her. She seems really nice. That stuff tasted like shit. I, I, please Heather, don't hate me. Uh, (laughs) I, I, it (laughs) was. Brian likes it, man. He was eating that. And I mean, I remember Ben, I shit you not, side of the mountain, Ben is spitting it out like a six-year-old kid. And Brian's like, you're a grown-ass man. And Brian doesn't cuss very often, right? And he's like, eat that. And Ben, and I'm sitting, you know, just like four in the morning, Elker's screaming. And I'm like, I wouldn't eat it either, Ben. I, it's not for me. Um, <laughs> they have a salmon dinner that I that's not bad, but uh, that just... Uh, uh, I'm not bashing uh, Heather's choice. I, some people like her food. I could not stomach it. When I ate the the Humble Foods dinner and the off-the-grid breakfast cereal, I wanted to eat another one. It wasn't the type of thing where I ate it and was like, Ugh. it was the kind of thing where I ate it and was like, man, I cannot wait till dinner tomorrow night. And the Or the breakfast cereals from, from off-the-grid. And the good thing about both of those is the fact that they just simply – are what I would make or bring normally. You know, it's, it's the same shit I would normally bring. Um, the dark timber coffee. Um, I'm hoping that they come out with a, uh, a, a kind of a mixture of hot chocolate and coffee. Like I make, um, you know, where it's a one and done pour in thing. Cause I usually before was mixing up two like via packs from Starbucks and then, uh, throw in some hot cocoa in there. I like to snap the fuck up in the morning. So I take two via packs. Well, I'm hoping that the guy helps you poo. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Could be the Copenhagen. Could be the Grizzly. Um, But the, uh, the dark timber coffee has been, been great. 
uh, as well. And I mean, to the point now, I mean, I'm drinking it every every morning. And I, I, I was using um, Black Rifle Coffee before as, as well. They just didn't have the backpacking type stuff. So the dark timber, the fact that they were able to get like those tea packs in were, were great. So those are three companies that I, I can't say enough about as far as like food and, and energy consumption. Um, I, don't, I don't think I got a chance to try any of that stuff. I I was uh, I was running the old ramen and tuna all year, so I was so Which, fucking happy to not eat ramen and tuna yeah. again. Um, when you're hungry and you're you're hunting all day, I mean it, it's good, but man, it gets old after a while, especially after all the backpacking trips we do during the summer, and then you come into hunting season, and then you're eating the same shit, and it's like God, man. Well, not to see a squirrel. I don't think people realize how much, and some do, how much we're in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're basically from. About, you know, skipping bear hunts or whatever, but true backpacking type hunts from May on three to five days a week were or nights a week were in the field and you can only consume and put so much different type of shit into ramen. Yeah. Before you're finally like, I'm done with ramen. And that's why when that, I mean, literally no homo, I would have hugged the dude <laughs> with, uh, or with humble foods and off the grid when they came out with that. Um, when I got it, cause it was literally like, you know, stars went off in the sky. I was like, Oh my God, no more ramen and noodles. So it was, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I'd like, I'd like to try that stuff out. I got one a bunch thing, of uh, still. So. One thing I like take to eat, it's not very very lightweight is just I'll get some granola from the from like King Supers or whatever and mix in uh like craisins and um I started putting those chocolate covered espresso beans in there with uh, chocolate protein powder yeah oh my god that's good it's heavy though it adds up but man that's good to eat in the morning no for sure and that's one of the reasons why I liked off the the grid was it's kind of the same thing we because I do the same thing you do that that it was kind of done already thank god so when I don't have time to go do it myself I had that um speaking of um speaking of spending so much time on the ground each year don't be uh, afraid to speak into that microphone <laughs> can you hear me now <laughs> uh, speaking of sleeping on the ground so much each, each uh each year and, and during the during hunting season and, and early spring and summer and stuff it's what was what what's your what's your sleeping setup your sleep pad and well you go over yours first um well i think we talked about this before the the thermarest new air um x-light I've used that for a, a super long time. The one I had, gosh, I want to say I had that one for three years. It finally, like the internal bladder in there, the air bladder, it, it burst. So I had this big ass, like, <laughs> I don't even know. It looked like a tumor. Um, uh, that that finally gave out, but um, Thermarest, they, they warranted it and replaced it. So I got a new one and it's, it's going strong. Um, I'm not sure if we should talk about this or not, but we actually... Uh, we got a quilt coming out this year, so go ahead. I've Frank, spilled the beans. It. Yeah, rub some funk on it. We got a quilt coming out this year. Um, David here in the shop, he designed it. Uh, I tested it out all season long. I used it into uh, into late September, early October. Used it all summer. Used it in the spring. I love that thing, man. I'm I'm a quilt guy. Why don't you marry it? <laughs> I would if it had double D's. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way the world is now, you can buy them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, closed foot box. Um, it's, it's got uh, like our zero degree insulation in the foot box, 20 degree insulation for the rest. Super warm. 
very lightweight, lighter than a sleeping bag. If you're a quilt person, definitely stay tuned. If you make quilts, don't copy it, please. <laughs> uh, but it's it's very simple. It's it's light. I loved it, man. You're not a quilt guy. Did you try it at all? I haven't. I'm going to try it. I tried the backcountry body bag, which is coming out soon as well. Um, you know, going. I. We talk about this all the time, meaning Frank and I, as well as other, like we were just with Brian down in Alabama and, you know, Brian is needing shit that basically people just don't have for the whitetail hunting system. And so he's wanting to come out with specific things for whitetail hunting. Frank and I, totally different dynamic. We're backpacking in three, five, seven, nine, whatever miles, um, Frank hunts solo a lot. I hunt solo sometimes, sometimes together, sometimes a joint thing. And there's certain shit that you just problems that you run into that thank God we are able to fix here at Kafaru for some of those different things. For me, that backcountry body bag, um, especially, I think Frank and I have both decided like the best lightest system for us to run is just a event bivy sack and a tarp. Um, for, you know, for springtime, summer and, you know, elk season in September. Well, with that backcountry body bag or that quilt, it, um, that you're cutting the wind down and retaining heat inside of a bivy and a one pound bivy, a one pound plus a little bit with steaks tarp, um, and then a quilt or a backcountry body bag is going to do you right for a lot of different types of the year. And in my case, a lot of times I'll get stuck out overnight purposefully. I mean, obviously I have a choice. It's not like I'm lost. I just, sometimes it's easier to stay out with the weight of that body bag. Um, I'm able to get inside of that thing. You know, you're a quilt guy or whatever, but we didn't want to come out with just the quilt or just the body bag because there's some people that are going to want to zip up entirely. And there's some people that just like kind of the blanket of the quilt. Um, so either way off the, the, you know, getting away from the squirrel thing here, we're going to come out with both just for the simple fact. Some people are going to like that body bag and some people are going to like the quilt. Yeah, <clears throat> I like them both, but yeah, I'm a quilt guy. Uh, you've had some. If I wouldn't have almost died when I first started using a quilt years ago, I'd probably be a little bit different tune. It's just hard to get me away from a sleeping bag. Um, just for just because I had bad experiences with it is the only thing. Yeah, and the quilt's not the answer for for everything. Obviously, you know if it's going to be very extremely cold, you're going to want to bring a sleeping bag so you're fully enclosed or just about fully enclosed. But for a lot of stuff that we did this year, it, I loved it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, clothing wise. Um, oh, you were asking me about my sleep system. Thermarest X Lite. I also had that XPED. I think it's a UL9. I used both of those about the same amount. I use a 20 degree slick bag wide for almost everything um, through October. After that, I'll go to a zero. I bounce back and forth between a Hilleberg Nyack and a Super Tarp a lot. Those are the two I use the most. Um this year, for the simple fact of just sheer weight, I'm pretty sure Frank and I are going to be running a Rab uh, lightweight. Um, it, it's a bivy sack. It's just a simple bivy or an outdoor research. I think it's helium, helium, the lightweight bivy um, with a tarp. Uh, a lot of that is as well. Um, the tarp is just easier to pitch sometimes. Um not always. And it's not, you know, the tarp is not always the answer, but with what we're dealing with, 
you don't have to worry about bugs. You don't have to worry about snakes and shit. I mean, it's not like we're camping down where there's tarantula and scorpions all over the place. Like the biggest thing we have to worry about is dying, hiking in because we gained 5,000 feet in elevation in five miles. So, you know, trying to go as light as we can, that's definitely a more lighter, versatile system. Um, I also use, as well as you, the Hilleberg Solo, the Onions. We use the Sawtooth quite a bit, the Tut. But I think for the most part, now when I when I bring, when Amy comes along, I'll probably bring the Tut or the Sawtooth. But, you know, Solo this year, it'll be a Paratarp, Super Tarp, and that, that Bivy. I mean, are you going to be running that too, you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a Tarp guy. And having that, that extra extra enclosure of the bivy just it helps seal in the heat so you can stay a little bit warmer than you would just just running the tarp so i'm excited to run that that system again we we ran it quite a bit a couple seasons ago and didn't do it as much last season but um yeah i'm I'm a i'm a huge fan of the of the bivy tarp system well and i think people need to you know i hate when frank and i in the position we're now are going to run everything we're not going to you know, meaning like some years we'll run one system throughout the year, figure out pros and cons. Next season, boom, we're going to run something else to where eventually you finally figure out what's going to work best. But it's also to be able to intelligently speak to people about questions they have. Like right now, um, like clothing, we're just going to run everything we want to. Um, it just simplifies things for us. So, um, we just posted a video. I already got seven messages because um, I have a first light jacket on, which I'm not even sure I'm supposed to be wearing. Um, you really think of that when you post it as a prototype. But anyway, um, so it's not like as simple as, oh, you're sponsored by this company now or this. I would not be surprised if we're wearing four different companies worth of clothing at one time. That's just going to be how it is. Hopefully that doesn't irritate anyone. But then that way we can speak. Uh, about each system and, and each part and piece. Um, on that note, clothing. Um, one of my favorite base layers is the, well, it is my favorite base layer. The first light, I don't know if it's Lano or Yano and Chama. Um, definitely the, the, the Lano, that's the crew and the zip for just a straight up long sleeve, lightweight, like t-shirt type base layer, long sleeve t-shirt. Um, I really like that. Now, I have a sleeveless, stinky-ass polyester muscle shirt that I wear all the time. I'm not really going to count that in as all-time great gear things. Fred, you got the tank shirt that you wear. Yeah. That's yeah. more of a, like a good luck type thing for me. But I always have a super ultralight. It's like a 140 weight icebreaker t-shirt. I wear that a ton when it's uh, the you know, when it's a, a long distance backpacking trip, um, as well as that first light, you know, long sleeve, um, the, the Lano or Yano, however you pronounce it. Yeah. What's, what's I, your, no, I, I'm about the same. Um, I, I wear that icebreaker shirt a, a ton. Um, I don't know. I picked it up at RAI on sale and it's super durable. I don't think I've worn any holes in it or maybe a couple on the shoulder areas from, from your packs but um <clears throat> sorry as far as like uh hunting merino i think first light's kind of one of the, the top tier uh, way up there in in uh in merino so I, I really like their stuff i have their their leggings and the, a few of their shirts and um that stuff's worked out pretty well as far as base layers i i have <laughs> he gave me like 20 pairs of their socks so um I, I really like their compression socks their athlete socks or whatever you want to call them uh, those are those are very comfortable and uh, they've worked out well as far as base layers go. I think I keep you know keeping in mind as 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 people are buying clothing or listening in, 
you don't need a lot of clothing. So as we list this out, it's going to, you know, be pretty plain Jane and clothing, meaning you've got a long sleeve base layer. Then I try to wear a intermediate like fuzzy fleece type layer and then a puffy jacket and a rain jacket. It's pretty cut and dry uh, for the system that I use. As we go through this, I'm going to have to go pee. So Frank's going to have to talk here for a minute. But, you know, my next layer is going to be kind of a, a little bit heavier weight, fuzzy fleece type layer. Um, but we'll give a few options of each. As far as the the base layer, though, to me, first light's the way to go. Um, you know, you really don't need to look any, you know, farther as far as our hunting companies go. So, Frank, take it away while I go pee-pee. Um, yeah, so the next layer, that synthetic hoodie style shirt or whatever you want to call it next layer that would go over your base layer um tried out a, a ton i like the i like the um my gosh i can't remember what it's called the hoodie from from cryptech they make a good one um i like the fanatic hoodie from sitka uh, first light has one that doesn't have a hood i can't remember the name of that that's worked out pretty well for me um it basically it's any of those those waffle style um hoodies that you know they're they're not they're not your merino wool um i think what aaron was talking about that chama hoodie from from uh first light that's a that's a merino hoodie but um i've had good luck with with these waffle style hoodies uh i'm a huge fan of that fanatic hoodie from from uh from sitka just it's got the built-in face mask in the hood um i one thing i I like that cryptech hoodie i used it a, a ton but I, I like having the little kangaroo pouch for your hands. I don't. Do, do you agree with that? Or yeah, I, I go back and forth. It depends on what I'm doing. Um, I would say like the the top fee three fuzzy fleece ones for a backpacking trip I use would be the um, uh, the core heavyweight crew hoodie mm-hmm. um, that uh, the Arcteryx makes one called the Naga. <laughs> if you can believe that, <laughs> um, the uh, um, then the fanatic from uh, from first La- or from from Sitka. Um, having said that, quick plug. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this shit or not. Might as well. Uh, first Light has, um, you know, they had that Halstead fleece. That's They've, what it's called, yeah. Yeah, Halstead. They've got a hooded Halstead coming out. I don't know what the name of it is. Um, I think that's long overdue, man. They, I love that thing, and then it just it just didn't have a hood. Oh, and even Broderick laugh. We have a hood on constantly. He's like, you guys in your fucking hood. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that. So I'm going to say, knowing what I know of the Halstead fleece, that is going to be another great option. Um, again, the that Arcteryx Naga, N-A-G-A, is another great option for a, you know, a non-hunting, like a neutral color. And that Fanatic hoodie is definitely money now i don't always wear that a lot of times i wear that core heavyweight crew but as far as a fleece layer i'd say one of those three is going to be the damn good option um I, I actually you know what another one is if you're not into camo the hood from swazi that's mm-hmm. that i got a green black and tan one that's another one that i highly suggest i wear that thing all the time as well same principle it's just a fleece hoodie what's that fleece pullover i have called from swazi I can't remember Gosh, the... I don't remember the name. It's lightweight, but it's super warm, man. I love that thing. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now while we're looking. That's more of a of a, a base below the, the fuzzy, you know, the, the hooded layer. That's kind of a... Yeah, that's one um, of my... I forgot to even mention that now that you bring it up, but I wouldn't mind wearing a lot more Swazi stuff next year. Just they, they make good quality stuff, and it's 
you know, your base colors or your, it's not camo, but it's neutral, cool. neutral colors. Neutral. Yeah. Um, looking, searching, hold Googling. on. Googling and enhance. Googling, Googling and, um, the micro shirt, micro shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And to give people an idea, you know, we should talk about sizing real quick on this. Um, I wear in the Sitka stuff, I'm right in the middle. So a large is pretty form fitting, but I can pull it off on a thin day. Um, I'm six <laughs> foot one, slightly under six foot one, a meaty 204 pounds as of this morning. Um, and the Swazi stuff on the base layers like the micro, I need an XL. But in the the hooded sweaters or hooded shirts from them, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a large. Um, Frank, you're almost identical, aren't you? pretty close the swazi stuff i fit into the large on that micro fleece um sitka stuff about the same makes him look buff it does it helps with ladies out there he's very single very disease free my computer isn't gainfully employed luckily you can only get syphilis once i don't think that's true oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn i wouldn't know ladies <laughs> oh shit anyway oh. Um, yeah, the sick of stuff, I'm, I'm about the same. Larger XL, depending on what it is. Um, first slide sizing was kind of weird. Um, I think in that Halstead fleece, I'd run an XL. And, yep. Um, <clears throat> but what, uh, what are your thoughts on pants? So for, for me, if I was going to suggest, um, well, for early season, um, you know, hunting, I think the Piranha Zion and Cool Renegade before cool changed the sizing and they suck now but cool renegades you're rocking the skinny jeans the other day uh i was like pulling on my nuts and i was like at least i was asking these look good these look fine i look like that fat guy on a super bad i'm like (laughs) these okay he's like yeah you need to take those off um but the piranha zion um is a great pant the abisco light from fjall raven is a great lightweight pant um, they don't cost a whole lot. They're fairly inexpensive. The Abisco's actually from Fjall Raiden. They're a little bit more money. Uh, the Sitka Timberline, uh, I think for a, a colder weather, like, um, you know, 50 degree or colder, uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong with the Sitka Timberline. And then for a, just a straight up quiet pant, um, the, uh, the, uh, Obsidians from First Light, uh, it's pretty hard not to pick those pants for a lightweight, not noisy type pant. They're just silent. Is that like their new merino pant? Yeah, it's this. It's it's the same as their old one. There's just a little bit of stretchy material in in there. They had them out last year. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, those. Um, man, I didn't I didn't use the first lights this year, but the year before for high country mule deer hunting, the, the their merino pants. I just liked them because they were so quiet, and I think the the prana zions would fit right in there as well as. A lot of times you're stocking up on a bedded mule deer and they're pretty alert. And Don't be afraid to speak into that mic again, Frank. Can you hear me? <laughs> Hello. Um, just stocking, stocking on a mule deer, you know, you want some, some quiet clothing. So those Merino pants, they worked out pretty well for me. And I was a, I was a big fan of them and I might run those again next year just for, for the mule deer stuff at least, but I'm about the same. I like, I like the Prana Zions. I mean, those are pretty hard to beat. Uh, we, we wear those a lot. The cool, um, you say renegades? Yeah, cool yeah, renegades. Yeah, the renegades. Those are a little bit louder. Um, I like those for backpacking and stuff. I haven't really worn those much hunting, but we wear those a ton for for our, our fishing trips and all that stuff. They're nice and lightweight, and they they wick moisture and they dry quickly. So I, I like those. 
Yeah, no, they're they're good. Um, I mean, there's a ton of different pants, you know, on the market. Uh, the pants we wear that, uh, especially me, specific, I wear Fjall Ravens a shit ton day to day. We wear them hiking quite a bit. Uh, they are a little bit more expensive, but the, I like just the fit of the pant is great. And again, uh, the Timberline um, is an amazing pant from from Sitka. Um, what uh, you've given me a bunch of Fjall Ravens, but that, that set I gave you that black one. Yeah, what, which one were those? I can't remember the name. I think I think they were the Abisco lights. Yeah, I like those things, man. No, they're they're good. They're just fitting wise. Those are a little bit big for both of us, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's a mountain pant from um, uh, Sitka that's kind of an intermediate, and then there's the uh, the guide pant from from First Light. Um, you know, the the guide pant. I would say the fitting on that is. Good Lord, those are straight skinny jeans. There, those are um, like Eric Chester's skinny sweatpants. Well, see, and on my end, the ones I had were baggy, so I think think they changed the sizing in the middle, okay. um, and they're loud. Yeah. It's a bad thing. Um, the mountain pants are quieter from from uh, from Sitka. Uh, they're just they're a little bit expensive for for what you get out of them. Um, but if you're wanting to stick with a camouflage pant, that's another great option as well. So, um, so the next layer up is going to be a, a, you know, a puffy jacket, basically an insulating jacket, um, for, for, I really like that Kelvin active jacket from, from Sitka. Um, I mean, really liked it, but it's not your standard atypical puffy. It's, you know, you gotta be on the move wearing it. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, for, I, I mean, I hate to you know, biased or whatever, the most the zombies are coming the world's ending you cannot die i don't think you can find a better jacket than the kafaru lost park parka it's it's just that good um it's durable it's warm it compacts down pretty small it's fairly lightweight um that's the one i bring when i when when i know shit's gonna hit the fan yeah you can't go wrong with that i I talk about it too much probably as well and for good reason. It's, it's just, it's warm and it's lightweight and you, that's something you can rely on. It's like wearing a sleeping bag. That's why I tell people at least. And, um, it, it's almost always my pack. I, I, I've run that, uh, active jacket quite a bit this year too. And I like that thing. It's just a nice lightweight insulating layer that, that you're not going to switch your ass off when you're actually, you know, hunting. And I guess that's why they call it the active jacket because you can wear it while you're, you know, you're hiking or whatever. No, for sure. Um, we don't wear soft shells um, a whole lot um, in the field for backpacking because they're kind of, for me, a bit useless. Um, uh, they're not a bit useless for backpack hunts. They're fucking useless. I just don't see why you'd ever want to carry one in personally. Um, some people will. Um, I just, it's not quite waterproof, right? It's it's just not, you know, not quite not quite what I would want it to be. Having said that, if you are going to get a soft shell, now these are ones we can talk about. There's some coming out I'd like to talk about that I can't. I'm wearing one right now. But I, I would say that Jetstream from Sitka is one of the ones at the top of the list. Yeah, I like the Jetstream. Um, I tried the North Branch, I think it was, from First Light. Wasn't a huge fan of it. Not very warm. Um, Arcteryx has a pretty sweet one, don't they? They, they do. Um, now, what's weird with that North, north Branch, I like the fit of that North Branch. I, I actually liked it. And it shows how much different. I, I like that North Branch. That was going to be the next one I mentioned. Um, so, obviously, neither one of us wear a lot of them. But the, the North Branch, I, I actually liked a lot, but it didn't have a hood. Um, I, I'm a hood kind of a guy. Um, probably my favorite 
out of all by far is the Severin top from Swazi. Um, it's got a pocket on it that's going to make you look like a professor. You're not going to win any awards with it, but it's quieter <laughs> than any other soft shell I've used, and it's more durable. Uh, um, it It's just a badass jacket. People have seen me wear it before. It's green. It's got a big-ass left pocket on this. I wish they'd take that freaking pocket off, right? It's, it's like a bino pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. It's huge. I mean, I could put a little buddy in there. I could put moose in that fucking thing, man. It's just giant. Um, but that Severn top for just a straight-up beefy soft shell jacket, it's relatively waterproof. It's pretty hard to beat. Um, the um, I'm trying to think if I were missing any soft shells. I'd say that covers, for the most part, all of the, the good ones. Yeah. Um, you know, for a uh, rain jacket, man, um, I think I can talk about um, one of the new ones that I got. Um Probably, this is going to be a little bit sketchy or, or it with rain gear. Um, you know, you've got like three schools of thought, you know, which is pretty simple super heavy, durable, medium, and lightweight. In Colorado, we can get away with pretty lightweight rain gear, but you get into BC, Alaska, where you're really beating it up more. Um, you know, you're going to need a more durable you know, rain gear. Now, one of the ones I've used a ton is that Anorak, which is the one, the dress looking jacket from, from Swazi. Um, it's super long. It goes dang near down to your knees. Um, the, the thing is literally just flat out bomb proof. I mean, the thing's just beefy as hell. Uh, you do look a little bit goofy. There's a wire in the hood, which I really, uh, you know, really like because you can kind of form it, but it's not lightweight. Um, it's just not, but I, I just won't ever. Uh, the one I have is the Tar Anorak, um, and, and I, I really like it. Now, is that something I'm going to wear all the time in Colorado? No, because um, it's just too much. Um, you know, we use this year, I used a Stormfront a ton from Sitka, and I had, I really like the Stormfront. Um, it, uh, I, it's a good, like, all-around, beefy, not-too-heavy um, rain gear. Um, it, I don't always bring rain gear in Colorado, so keep that in mind. But, you know, one of the best ones on the, the market is, that, that doesn't get talked about is a, a lot is, um, I, I think you pronounce it Odie. Um, have you, and, Frank, have you ever used it? I have not. It, it's more... Um, it's O-T-T-E is how you pronounce it. It's more tactical and military driven, but it's made from event fabric. That's one of the better rain gears I've ever seen. Um, I only had one set. It was on, they let me borrow it. It was unbelievable. You're not, you know, you can get it in multicam, I guess, but it's just neutral colors. Um, the, uh, the, uh, um, but what I put like form fitting or whatever for like it fits well. It's also cut very well. What what were you, what what do you like, Frank? Well, kind of piggybacking off what you just said there. We I don't hunt in a, a whole lot of places that that, ex, that I'd experience a shitload of rain in. So um, the set that I really liked is the the first light ultralight rain gear. I forget the name, but I used that uh, a couple seasons ago. I I like it. It's it's nice and lightweight. I use the Stormfront stuff from Sitka this year, and it's it's a lot. It seems to be a lot more durable. But you know, I'm not I'm not getting my I guess my money's worth or whatever you want to call it on on rain gear just because I'm not in a ton of rain. So I can't say you know what 
what's what's top of the line or whatever you want to say but um either 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 of those have worked out pretty well for me just depending yeah the um the um there's a seek um storm tight rain jacket from i think that's the one you were wearing from first light yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but i think so i think they changed the name but yeah they may they may have um yeah, the, the rain gear thing is difficult because when you spend 500 bucks for a good rain top, that doesn't mean it's, it's you know, invincible. Um, you know, you, your steel can rip it if you, you know, you hit um, hard, you know, you know, enough uh, branches or whatever. And there, there's a there's a cloudburst and a storm front from from Sitka. I think the cloudburst is lighter, but. Man, with rain gear so heavily dependent on where you're at, I would say if you got to buy one rain jacket for like the Pacific Northwest, I would get the Swazi. Um, it's just flat out. I've never seen one rip. Um, it's super durable. It's bomb proof and it's quiet. Um, it's a lot quieter than any other rain gear. Gotcha. What are you using for like uh, beanies, face masks, all that stuff? Man, probably the best fitting beanie I've ever had is the First Light Merino beanie. Yeah. Um, I'm actually ordering one right now because I lost my other one. Uh, the warmest, by far my favorite for warmth is a jet stream from Sitka. I love that beanie. Um, it, I don't. What's uh, that big bastard we were wearing in uh, in Alabama, those orange ones? It's called a Siberian. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. it's warm as shit. Yeah, those are pretty good too. Um Hold on. I'm trying to get on First Light's website. Um, I don't wear a face mask a whole lot. You know, I wear, I usually have some kind of a neck gaiter type thing that I'll pull over my face. Um, you know, it just depends. But, you know, the two beanies I, or the three beanies I wear most, I've got an Arcteryx Merino wool, super lightweight beanie, um, that Jetstream, and then the Merino beanie from um, from First Light. Um, that, I'm pulling it up now because I don't know the name of it. I think it's the um, Tag Cuff beanie. Yep. Tab, tag cuff. There you go. Yeah. I, I would say if you're going to buy two beanies and you don't need to match that tag cuff and the, uh, um, uh, jet stream from, from, from Sitka would be the two that would, would, would do you right for most of the all seasons. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love that, that first light one. I think I dried mine though. It shrunk a little. <laughs> it's a schmedium. It's a schmedium now. Yeah. Uh, glove wise, I think all gloves for the most part are pretty much useless for me. I wear gloves, but I, not to say gloves are useless. It's just a f- flat out. They either got to be Siberian for me or, um, or they're not working. Uh, we use the uh, several different type of gloves from all different companies, but I, I would say just get a glove that fits your hand and call it good. I wouldn't stress over it too much when you get into the warm ones. Um, I would say that first light glove that I call it the Ninja Turtle. Um, is a great option. Um, they're just, I, they're good. You've used them quite a bit, haven't you? Yeah. For coyote hunting and stuff. Those things are, are money. They're mm-hmm. kind of like a snowboarder's glove. They, they fit way over your sleeve and they have a little cuff thing that goes over your wrist. So if you take them off, they can hang there or whatever. Yeah. They're the grizzly cold weather. Um, the, uh, the shale hybrid glove is pretty nice. They're not overly durable from, from first light. Um, you know, I, these are, we've used all of these, um, I, I, I've used a lot of black diamond ice climbing gloves as well, just because my hands get so, um, you know, freaking cold. I, I pretty much have to. Uh, Sitka offers a bunch. Um, the mountain glove is what I probably use the most this year. Um, 
you know, just when I'm wearing just a glove to have something on my hands. But I think glove wise is, you know, just get what fits your hand and, and works for you. The ballistic beanie is what that's called. That super warm one. Oh, from Sitka? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, like they make insanely bright orange and that's it. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm, the other super warm one they make, and I haven't uh, uh, used a, a whole lot. Uh, like I said, the Jetstream is, is you know, probably like my, my most all around used or whatever um, was like a reversible one. And I don't know if they make it anymore or not um, from, from Sitka. They used to, but. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other gear? Um, optics. Optics. Optic bino harnesses. Mm. We tried out a ton of bino harnesses this year, and it seems like we're both going back to their or sticking with the Alaskan Guide creations. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it just does what we want it to do. It holds what we want. It covers up, you know, everything, um, uh, you know, on it or what, whatever. Um, when it covers up, like it's got full coverage of the the optics. It holds what I need it to hold. Um, you know, when it comes to you know, I keep trioxane in there. I keep a little headlamp, a lens pin. It's just been great for me. You know what I used um, that I kind of liked a while back is that, what's that harness? It's made out of bungee cord. Uh, the Rick Young. Yeah, I used that Rick Young with a bino bib. It's like yep. that neoprene. That w- that worked out pretty cool. It's just, I like I like that because it, it did fully enclose your binos and protected them well, but the reason I like why I like the uh, the Alaskan Guide creations just because of those added pockets you can put your Windicator, Tidone blades, lighter trioxane tablets, and a couple you know if you're rifle hunting you put a couple shells in there too. Yeah, I carry a GPS in mine as well, wind indicator, all that. So uh, marsupial gear makes a great one. Uh, Sitka's was pretty good for a lightweight version. Um, FHF makes a good one, but yeah, we both just keep going back to the Alaska guide creations. I don't, I don't, I doubt I'll switch from that thing. I might, but I doubt it. Gotcha. Man, optics is a tough one. And I actually, we're not going to talk about optics cause we have a full review of optics coming out soon. Um, literally from everything known to man, including what's not even on the market yet. Um, and we'll cover that then. No need to cover it now because that, that was a podcast all by itself. Yeah. Um, some of the other, like, you know, bows, obviously, we were um, shooting primes. Um, I, I would say the two things that stuck out for me the most this year was that DOA arrow rest um, and that tried and true spot hog. I ran um, uh, true ball for a while. I liked the system, but I bent the pins on them quite a bit. Um, and I went back to, to spot hog and, and I, you just can't break a spot hog. The thing's just unbelievable. Yeah. I've always had great luck with spot hog. It's all I've ever used. Um, other than what came on my first bow, which was like a fucking, I don't even know what true glow <laughs> three pin. Um, <laughs> yeah, those, those have been great. I've run the hog father in the, uh, the other one. Well, I can't remember what's the one you got the, uh, gosh, what is that one called? Um, the little one. What do you what do you mean? Which the 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 site you have? I have the Hogfather, which is the the extended the extend one. But you have the uh, gosh, man. Tell so the boss, the, just just so Hog. yeah, I was just gonna start listing them just so people understand. There's um, a movable um, there. There's movable sites from Spot Hog and fixed pin sites. The Hogfather is more, I would say, a target site that you can use for hunting, which is what Frank has. 
the Tommy Hog has a dial uh, more towards the housing, which is what I have on two of my bows. And then the Hoggett is the other one that I use quite a bit, which is just a standard seven pin fixed sight. Um, if you're shooting fixed pins, I would say the Hoggett is a good option or the Hunter. Um, you know, the Hunter's a little bit more, it just doesn't have a dovetail type. You know, you can't slide it back and forth. Um, you know, the, the Tommy Hog, um, super simplistic. Uh, the dial works real smooth. It's relatively lightweight. And then the Hog Father is like more of a, a target or hunting sight. It's so durable. You can use it whatever you want. It's on a dovetail. Um, really all of those, like when the zombies come and the world is ending, I don't see really how anybody could choose anything but, uh, you know, a spot. But on. an AR-15. Well, and an AR. Um either one will work. Uh, and I'm a seven pin guy, but I actually used five pins this year on mine, uh, on both. Uh, but normally I use seven on my, my, uh, hog it, just my standard, you know, pin side, I have seven pins. So, but I'd, I'd say that DOA arrow rest is probably the most, one of the most underrated arrow rests on the market. I just, I beat the living shit out of that thing and it just kept going. I never had any issues with it. It was super easy to tune. I like the fact it always stays up. So that was a, a big one for, for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty intrigued about that. I think I'm going to toss a couple of those guys on my, uh, on my bows, um, here coming up pretty soon. Um, cause I, I like the looks of them. That's for sure. No, and they're quiet, definitely. right? They're, they're a lot quieter than say like the hamski. <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was super quiet. Um, I padded up the the riser where it slaps down just to silence that up a little bit because the way I have it set up, it does hit the riser when it comes down, but I put some moleskin on there and that fixed it. Um, you know, bow-wise, um, both the Synergy and Synergy Hybrid were, were like my favorites. I killed almost everything with that Synergy uh, this year, just cause I figured I'd shoot the hybrid. Um, I got the synergy first set it up and I just never, you know, put it down. I had the, the hybrid with me for a backup bow, but we're actually going to be giving that my hybrid away. Uh, it has a lot of blood on it. It is certainly not new. Um, but we're going to give gonna it, sign it. I'm going to smack the shit out of you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> this is shit I have to deal with people. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sign it tort life. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love cougars. Oh, um, damn it. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with a prime. I've had great luck with them. Um, probably my f most favorite bow or one of the top bows of all time uh, would be two, this this prime and then uh, an Athens. I That Athens I shot, Affliction was the model at the time. Um I love that bow, that affliction I killed. I think I ended up killing like 18 animals or 15 animals with that thing. I just had great luck with it. I haven't tried their newest uh, bows out, but Athens is another kind of underrated company that I think people should look at. But, um, you know, that the, the prime is definitely, it seems to hit whatever I shoot at. It certainly hit a lot of does. It also missed a couple, so it's certainly not foolproof. Shoot, those flipping does are from the Matrix or something. There was a few spinals in there. Spinal. Of, yeah, there was a lot of spinals in there. I mean, I think we're on a ratio, 75% of the ones I shot were. <laughs> it makes for high. easy tracking, though. That's a nice thing. Yeah, and also when they f die in front of your tree stand, you got to climb out and pull them out of the way. It seems to be a detour for uh, that the bucks don't seem to like those laying in the field. I don't know why. Yeah, I guess that, if I came home and Amy was laying on the ground, it'd make me a little bit alerted, too. <laughs> that that first one I shot in the spine, I. I text you guys a picture and Brian's like, get out of your tree stand and go get it. And I was like, good Lord, I got to get out of this tree stand. Fuck. I hate heights. Yeah. No, no kidding. That's funny. Um, 
trying to think if there's anything, you know, some of the up and coming stuff. Um, Nikon has, I think I can say range, Nikon has a range finder coming out. And I think that's all I can say that I think is going to revolutionize. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of those few products that will change the industry. Um, I might be getting in deep shit even saying this. It'll be out at the uh, ATA show, but I would say that that rangefinder will probably take over the rangefinding world. It is unbelievable. Um, you know, we've only had it for a little while, so I can't talk about the test of time, but, you know, I was I was ranging things that I offhand that were at great distance, and it's got some other super cool stuff. Um, Zeiss has a spotting scope. Um that's coming out that is pretty miraculous. Um, I think it's going to rival that uh, 95, the Hubble from Swarovski, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, we, Kafaru, are coming out with some stuff. Um, you know, I think the frame is going to be the big one that is just going to blow people away. That's been a, what, two years in the making, really more than that as far as just the thought of it, but working on it, um, you know, which is going to be, I think, pretty, pretty cool. Um, there is the uh, clothing that, you know, we've gotten to look at. Um, there's some stuff that's coming from, you know, First Light that's pretty uh, amazing. I've gotten to try some of the new stuff from Sitka. Um, they have a jacket that is, um, I think I can talk about it. Uh, they pretty much made a lighter version of that. Uh, it's a full zip version of that Swazi. Um it's uh, made out of the Stormfront uh, material, um, and it goes down to your knees. I think that's one that people are really like that, um, you know, want to wear just gaiters, no rain pants, and a jacket. Uh, I think that's going to be something people like. Um, that hooded Halstead fleece, um, as well as this soft shell, they also have a heavier weight fleece that I think is going to do really well, um, it, you know, for, for, for first light. And then there's a lot of broadheads coming out. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to start shooting some of those. We had a chance to test out the the new solid iron wheels, and and I'm I'm sold on those things. I like them. I, the biggest question is going to be um, the mechanical side of things. That iron wheel, uh, that solid iron wheel, just crushed it. I used the cutthroat a lot too from uh, Rocky Mountain. Uh, it's a single bevel, uh, but there's a broadhead that we know of that's coming out that we can't talk about that's a mechanical. And I would guess I'll have that in the, uh, um, you know, fixed blade in my quiver next year. Um, I would think, you know, I'm not sure, but I think that'll be coming out. Um, Arrow-wise, uh, a lot of guys have asked me in messages why I'm shooting an, an axis. And I had an arrow blow up coming out of my bow. Um scared the shit out of me in Montana on a big bull. I was with uh, Casey and um, I think David D. Austin was with us too. Um, no, Dallas Haymeyer was with us and bull came out 26 yards and uh, that arrow just, I, I'm lucky I didn't blow my hand up. Um, and I had some of the same arrows break going into the target. Isaac had just by happenstance sent me some axis um, a couple weeks before I had him with me. I came off the mountain, made sure the bow was good, sighted in the axis, and I just didn't look back. I just kept shooting those, so nothing crazy. Um, and uh, I just had such good luck with the axis that that's what I'm going to shoot. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be switching anything. I've, I've got my bows dialed in with them, so um, yeah. pretty excited about that. Yeah, I've heard about some stuff coming out from uh, from Easton, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if we're good to talk about it or not. But yeah, they got some stuff coming out, but 
I'm a fan of the Easton Arrows, and I like Isaac a lot, so I'm happy to support Easton and Isaac. Yeah, he's a funny little bastard. Well, I don't know if we uh, there's much more we can talk about other than that. Um, we covered quite a bit of crap, and we're working on 59 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, Take it away, Aaron. I don't think is there any. Are we missing anything? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but if if so, definitely let us know. We'll yeah. probably have another Q and A podcast this week or early next week, so we'll drop another uh, Instagram post, and people can chime in with their questions and stuff. And also, what how how can people win win one of your bows? I th- I think what we're going to do is you have to like Prime's page, mine. Frank's and Kafaru cast. So you got to like all those, um, share it. I know this is a lot of work people. Um, and then we're going to come up with a hashtag. Um, so as long as you've, uh, hashtagged whatever that hashtag we come up with is, um, and then like those pages, you're entered to win. And this will be a fully set up, uh, synergy hybrid. It'll have a quiver, um, uh, one piece quiver. It'll have a, uh, uh, basically a seven pin sight, uh, an AE arrow rest. It'll come with arrows, uh, a release, the whole nine yards. So, you know, it's probably 22 over $2,000 package. It is not a new bow though, people. Um, it's got and some it, good juju on it. Though. It does have some luck on it. It's got some kills under its belt. Um, I'm sure it's got a lot left in it, um, but we'll release that giveaway here in the next day or two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just going to be liking the social media pages and uh, the hashtag to, to enter to win. Sweet. Well, I guess that's that's, that's it enough. for today. We'll we'll have some more coming out here pretty soon. Once the uh, yeah, once the um, the gear room gets done, we're gonna Frank and I are gonna load up our packs just like we're heading into the woods, and he's gonna do a video going through everything top to bottom, and so am I. So we'll definitely have a what gear we're using for this season video coming out top to bottom, so people can look at that if they're looking at getting their own gear list together. Sweet. All right, people, we'll stay frosty out there. Later.